Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. <sighs> the detective came and knocked on the door, and I said, is it Renee? And he just gave me that solemn look. It was the worst day ever. <laughs> The Proof Podcast is back with a new case and a new season. 23 years ago, 18-year-old Renee Ramos went missing. Her body was later found in an empty Home Depot building on the edge of town. I don't think that they arrested the right people. It's about time somebody's trying to do something. She had a black eye about two weeks before she was murdered. They are involved. They definitely had her body and her backpack. You know people are going to judge you, right? Of course. They're judging me now. They've been judging me damn near my whole life. You can listen now to season two of Proof wherever you get your podcasts. And follow along with us as we reinvestigate the murder at the warehouse. I have to ask, did you kill Renee? Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, we answer the burning question, should you go out and spend money to see America's number one movie, F9? Spoiler alert, no! But seriously, we're going to make you wait for that answer, which is no, during this, our movie review special, wherein we help you decide whether you should see F9, which you shouldn't, based on our nuanced <laughs> review of Fast Five, the fifth film in the fabulous family-friendly Fast and Furious film franchise. You want a dangerous stunt? Try making Paula Poundstone sit through these movies. <laughs> I'm Adam Felber, the tough, bald guy with a heart of gold who's willing to do anything to drive this podcast safely home for this one last score. And now, please welcome the thrill-seeking maverick whose high-velocity hijinks are going to get us all killed someday. It's Paula Poundstone. Yay! Hey, you guys! So nice to be with you. And before I get any further, I want to thank tonight's house band, Harry Terrell, from Los Angeles, California, on the drums! He's in Los Angeles. We've probably any number of us called the cops on him for noise before. Thank you, Harry. <laughs> but we're today we pay him back by giving him an opportunity to be on America's number one podcast named for Paula Poundstone. Yes, yes, and it is, and it is. Uh, only recently did it move to that position. Um, Adam. Yeah. I've done a couple of jobs out on the road. I was uh, just somewhere, damned if I can remember where, but what I remember specifically. Sagatuck, uh, I believe. Not, it's not yeah. Sagatuck. Oh, Sagatuck okay, is, is a term that um, people use uh, when giving uh, facelifts. Sagatuck. <laughs> Sagatuck. Uh, yeah. I believe Sagatuck. You know what? What a beautiful place. Sagatuck is. Uh, I did not, let me just let Sagatuck off the hook here. I did not stay in the town of Sagatuck, uh, so I don't blame them for this in any way, but, uh, well, there was a couple of things. So I had to connect through Chicago to, uh, uh, I flew into the Grand Rapids, Michigan airport, and um, this is only my second theater job you know, in a, a year and a half. Um, so anyway, so the plane hadn't even taken off yet. And we, there was a delay. And then we sat on the tarmac. I forget for how long, but they said that that's okay. It's a weather delay. And so your flights will be waiting for you in Chicago. And then there was another kind of delay. I think it was, um, 
that the pilot just didn't want to go yet. I think that's what it was. <laughs> um, yeah, because I kept hearing from the cockpit, um, no, no, no. And so I think they had like a five-year-old pilot and uh, he just wouldn't go. Uh, so huh. they make this big speech about how, don't worry, don't worry, it'll, it'll all be good. <laughs> don't worry about a thing, which is always, you know, your red flag, right? So uh, I, I arrive in Chicago and I mention to somebody at a desk, you know, Grand Rapids, and they go, oh, that's gone. So uh, I was going to stay on the floor <laughs> of the Chicago airport for the night because I couldn't get out till the morning, but I ended up going to a hotel for a few hours. And then when I arrived at my job, I had, I was staying in a hotel where the toilet ran like constantly, just like a noise constantly. And the TV every 20 minutes would just turn off. And, uh, Oh, I am so happy to be back on the road. It was, (laughs) (laughs) I have missed that so much. Um, yeah, it was great. And by the way, the crowd in Saugatuck could not have been nicer. Uh, they, that the performing experience was was nothing but wonderful. And you know, it was just go- oh, I forgot the other thing. I knew there wasn't going to be food at the hotel, so I had made myself a peanut butter and jelly and put it in my suitcase. Uh, but of course, my suitcase had been checked. And, uh, yeah, so it was a long period of time <laughs> with no food. Um, I think I had uh, chips uh, the next day. I had chips. And, uh, yeah, it was just fantastic. It was just great to, to be out there again. Um, <laughs> next time, next time I'm going to bring a tent. I think that's... <laughs> I think that's a, a prudent idea. Yeah. And I, I, I know com- how you pack anyway, so you'd hardly notice the extra... With the tent. Yeah. Well, I have a, I bought this tent, Adam, that's amazing. I mean, it's so light um, that you actually have to tether it to the ground or it just lifts up while you're in it. Wow. That sounds, you should make the rest of the stuff you carry around out of that tent material. Yeah, that's a good idea. Because, you know, you. I, I guess what I'm saying is you don't travel light, Paula. I, no, I used to, you know, when I was selling stuff on the road, um, I traveled with 150 uh pounds of luggage everywhere I went. And um, so now um, I'm still going to sell pots and pans, but I think I'm just going to bring a picture <laughs> of them. I think it's a bad idea. I think it's a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'll tell you I'll tell you what I'm up to, Paula. Just a kind of a funny story from the other day. Um, my friend and I did a reading of our new screenplay. Oh, how'd it go? Well, here's the thing. As you might be aware, there's a... There's a, a new surge of the pandemic underway here in Los Angeles. Yes, there is. Um, thanks to the, the clever strategic thinking of people who figured out that they could um, continue to get the virus as long as they didn't get a vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good to know that we inhabit the earth with so many brilliant people. And do they love to argue on Twitter? Oh, my gosh. Oh, boy, do they. Yesterday, some guy, I only responded to him twice, but other people on my Twitter feed were responding to him. This guy must have sat in front of his computer all damn day long, going back and forth with various Paula Poundstone followers about how he wasn't going to get, no one could tell him what to do. My guess is he's dead now, but still. (laughs) Well, anyway, um, no sooner than this, the surge started to happen, we started to see you know things kind of chipping away at our at our our, our reading. You know, suddenly we, we were allowed to have less people there, so we had to right. kind of trim our invite list. And mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. Los Angeles announced a new mask mandate. Yeah, where you're indoors, and as you know, as you know, if you're indoors, you have to be wearing a mask in right. a public place. Yeah, and. Nothing is more fun than going to a room to watch actors read a screenplay when you can't see the actors' faces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um, so, so we were thinking of rescheduling in Zoom, and then, uh, you know, a positive thing happened. They, they made the mask mandate um, kick into effect literally uh, six hours after our reading. Oh, great. 
Yeah, so, so we squeaked through. It was a, a very positive reading. We had some f- fine actors who I'm going to try to corral to get on our podcast. Like um, Edie Falco was one of them, and she's fantastic. Oh, cool. Wow. Um, so wait a minute. How is Bonnie Burns? And is she outside? And is she skewered by her sun umbrella? I was about <laughs> to segue to that. I, I, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> let's go up to the Simi Valley and, and find out how Bonnie Burns is doing. What's up, Bonnie? Well, I'm not outside because the wind noise was creating a lot of noise on the tracks. And I oh, really boy. am enjoying... <laughs> and I really am enjoying listening to you guys, getting a lot of laughs. I haven't had my best couple of days. And this is why. So, you know, you go into these houses and everything looks really great and put away. And that's not the way our house looks. And I'm well, Bonnie, that's called breaking and entering, and you should stop yeah. doing yeah. it. Yeah. Don't go into those houses. <laughs> I don't care how attractive yeah. the house looks. Exactly. Don't how do are that. you getting in, by the way? Are you bringing a ladder? Uh, or- <laughs> <laughs> the Burns method is that a brick makes a great key. Yeah, right, exactly. And I always say to my daughter, you know, I mean, we should, like, make an effort. We could, like, make a list of, like, the stuff we want to do. And then, like, if you want to invite your friends over, it it really wouldn't take that long. So she goes, let's get a whiteboard. I go, okay, we'll get a whiteboard. So she goes out, she buys this whiteboard, and it even has, like, these little pens, like, red, blue, black, that you can put on, like, the priority, different color priority. So we write all these things down. And... I had this really good friend, and he uh, bought me an antique dry sink years ago. And I went out. An antique I got it dry stayed. sink? Dry sink. You know, like from the old days, you'd put like, you know, like in the cowboy days. No. Yeah. You guys don't know yeah. what a dry sink is? You don't yeah. know what a dry Not sink all, is? I, I don't know what a dry sink is, but I'm pretty sure that this story is going to end up with you losing that whiteboard in the clutter. No. No. I, I you're just, wrong. You know, you're wrong. You're wrong. You know what the first step of someone who's not going to get anything done cleaning or organizing their house is? (laughs) Going out to buy something. Uh, In fact, especially a whiteboard. I just love it. Like, it won't take long. There's not very much to do. Okay, let's go get a whiteboard. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because when Helix first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress match in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, You know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. 
That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress with my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux, and I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of a midsummer night's dream okay and i played i played peter quince there there's the connection one of the mechanicals that's a great connection also yes has nothing to do with this which is that um quince is an online clothing store and as you know paula i've uh, i've lost a little weight lately oh right 75 pounds yeah so i literally have no clothes that are in my size until i just ordered some stuff at quince and i figured like here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. These are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i i think my eyes closed they're so co- it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're <laughs> European. Keep that in mind. Uh, oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kinds. Of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get 14-karat uh, gold jewelry and, like, all these accessories. Quinn sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't (laughs) think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway. Use our code. That. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, you go. No, we want to hear the end of this story. There is no end. So anyway. And by the way, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're right. They're so in. And by the way, she came home with like a really tiny, skinny whiteboard. And I went, Ivy, 
we're not going to be able to get everything on that little whiteboard. And she said, no, 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 we'll be able to. So anyway, so, okay, a dry sink, like you see it. Like Wait a minute, you thing. criticized the kind of whiteboard she got because that's the problem? <laughs> it was so small. It was like a little skinny whiteboard. Tiny. Yeah. Anyhow, oh, it's no wonder. Out. It's no wonder you can't clean and organize. You got the wrong fucking whiteboard. You know, you go into these houses. There's not that much to do. There's not that much to do, but it's definitely too much to, for a small whiteboard. Yeah. Okay. And the pins have like magnetized so you can hang them at the bottom. They dangle yeah. from the bottom. Right. Okay. So, okay. Okay. Who I, gives a I, shit about these pens? Where's the dry sink coming from? It makes all <laughs> the difference when you're not getting anything done. It makes all the difference. No, okay. I can go I can go into a house and in a second without even seeing the whiteboard, I can tell you how big the whiteboard is that they use and <laughs> how the pens dangle off the whether the pens are magnetic or not. I can tell that just by going into a house. By the way, guys, just just in case you're worried, I've been I've been unrolling a, a, a roll of twine behind me so that I can help us out of this conversation if we need to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, and it's not case, a problem for me. We, I we are a, lost. I have a giant <laughs> whiteboard right here that I've diagrammed where we've gone in this conversation. Go ahead, Bonnie. I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm starting and, to think that this, the most dangerous words in the English language are what's new, Bonnie. <laughs> Those are the words that fill me with dread, and yet I have to say them every week. All right, so tell us about the dry sink, because I'm sure that's well, critical in this story. I finally got the dogs clipped, and I was so glad, and I went over to take it off the whiteboard, and it wasn't even there. It was so disappointing. <laughs> Oh, you hadn't written Get the Dogs Clip? No, that wasn't even on there. Right. How does the dry sink fit in? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tell me about the dry sink. There's a dry, dry sink, sink you guys. Right. Do you, know, you, know, how do you I... know why? Do you know why uh, getting the dogs clipped wasn't on the list? Why? Do you know why? Because it has jack shit to do with organizing the house. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it had been... Something I needed to wow. do for a long time. Truth. It's like 110 degrees here, and they have big shaggy coats. Well, you know what? They have plenty of time to what lick the themselves. <laughs> I, 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 I think Paula makes a good point that it seems like you weren't really clear on what should and shouldn't be on this whiteboard. <laughs> yeah. But, Bonnie, honestly, I'm going to drive up there to the no. Simi Valley and... <laughs> And, and so help me, I'm, I'm going to brain you with that whiteboard if you don't bring the dry sink back into this story. Okay. You know now. what? You know what? No, this, could be, this could be really great marketing for the show. We can manufacture and sell little um, antique dry sink replicas. <laughs> like from the old uh, Western. Yeah, with, with Get To It Bonnie written on the bottom. Okay, Bonnie, go ahead. Okay, it's like uh, like a tub, little china tub, and there's yeah, a picture I know what a dry inside of it. Yeah. What? I know what it is, yeah. Well, you said you didn't know what it was. No, I never said that. Well, she's had, she's had time to go and get a degree in Wild West history <laughs> since the story started. <laughs> okay, so it's a I know what it is now, too. Bowl. It has a picture inside of it. It's usually on like a lovely little... Uh, kind of, I don't know. It's like on a lovely little stand or something that has a beautiful backing. So this good friend of mine buys me one of those, and it would it's never got gorgeous like tiles behind it. Are okay, you I've the known you, I've known you for twenty seven years, twenty eight years maybe, and it would never yeah. have occurred to me to get you a dry sink. Never. Wait, <laughs> right. but we were at an antique store. He had great taste, and. Mm. He went, I'm going to buy you this. It was like a gift. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I have a beautiful thing. He owned all these antiques. I send it out to get it like, I thought it'd be neat if it was white, like if the wood was white. Okay. It comes back, instead of it being white, it's like got those gold flecks in it, which is really ugly. So I kept it in the basement, in the garage. And I thought, okay, you know what? I'll just sand this myself. 
get it painted a really beautiful color. And then, you know, I'll have this thing to use again. I'll have the color match like the green in the tiles. It'll be great. We'll put it in our house. Okay, so myself, I get the sandpaper. I'm sanding all this stuff by hand. The legs, because it was an antique, had these beautiful tiling. The stuff smelled like shit that you had to soak the paint in to get it off. Blah, 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 blah. I get it all done. I'm getting ready to paint it. And it had a marble, you know, the thing that the China You know, Bonnie, on. Wait, usually wait, people I'm say blah, blah, done. blah, blah, blah when they want to skip something. I don't feel like you've skipped anything here. You know, no, I've, 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 I've just, okay. I'm taking that so she's taken a beautiful antique and fucked it up with modern shit, but keep going. Okay, wait. Okay, so the top of the dry sink was this marble, you know, was a marble, uh, like, slab. Beautiful marble slab. So right. I'm picking I just that. asked how you were. So she put wallpaper what? on it. Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> no. So I'm picking up the top part, which was the marble and, you know, the tile backing. And mm -hmm. wouldn't you know that the stripping stuff that I used to take off all the paint of the legs and everything mm -hmm. had eroded away the screw part that screwed the marble into oh. the tile part and the marble dropped to the floor and broke into like five pieces. I would have known that. And that is why <laughs> I try not to do any home improvement stuff and fix up things in our house. Yeah. You know what? Don't trim your dogs. <laughs> Just don't trim your dogs. Things don't work out well for me. They always end up creating a bigger problem. You know what, though? Here's okay, the so thing. I, 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 no, let me, let me, let me ask. Okay, you go first, Paula. Well, it's just if Bonnie and I have worked together, as you all know, for like 27, 28 years. We've worked together for a really, really long time now. And um, we both work really hard. And Bonnie's always telling me, like, uh, on the rare occasion that I can't get her on the phone, she'll say the next time I talk to her, she'll go, Oh, I was, uh, you know, I was just, you know, I was listening to the tapes of the show or I was uh, writing up your advances or I was, you know, contacting such and such a theater. It's always that she was working hard on something for me. Always, always. That's what she says. And it turns out she's fucking around in her garage, <laughs> ruining <laughs> priceless antiques. I, I, you know what? I don't want your Etsy career to get in the way of my business. <laughs> well, I have wow. to do something no. to relax besides watch Wagon Train. Well, how relaxing uh, is that? <laughs> it turned out that it wasn't. But in the beginning, I thought I was doing something really positive for myself. But if you How does it just... relate to the whiteboard? <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck does the dry sink have to do with the whiteboard? And did these two things happen anywhere within the same time period? No, otherwise all these things end up being undone. Like So wait, was like, it fixing the dry sink a whiteboard item? No, the point is then the the dry sink could have come in the house and we could have had it here. It's like a beautiful decoration in the living but room. But how does it relate to the whiteboard? <laughs> Tell me. It was I don't the see a connection at all. Done. It doesn't. I said, how are you, Bonnie? And you started telling me about the whiteboard and then there was a dry sink. And I don't know what happened. <laughs> Now, now when they manufacture whiteboards, they just have right at the top a little dash, and then it says dry sink right at the top of every whiteboard. You know, I was on Amazon things. the other day, and I ordered a whiteboard, and, and I, I checked. The, there were two boxes to check, with or without an antique dry sink. Yeah. <laughs> the two have become so intertwined in our, in our society. Um. I just don't understand why you would take an antique and then douche it to it. I don't get that. that. I get it. And it turns out like it was beautiful cherry wood and it's all <laughs> fucked up now and it doesn't even have a top. 
painted to match the inside of your house. Well, Holly Hobby, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> I, I think we've all learned a valuable lesson here, but I have no idea what it is. Um, <laughs> all right. Damn, I'm going to oh, no, ding I don't. Coming up, Mahatma Gandhi once. Ah, God damn it! <laughs> coming up, Mahatma Gandhi once said, "There is more to life than increasing its speed." And then he hopped into a souped-up Lambo, peeled out, and raced for the border with the feds on his tail. Or was that Vin Diesel? Sometimes I confuse my bald guys. Our review is next on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Listener, it's Zach Harper, Amin Al Hassan, and Anthony Mays of Cinephobe. You may be asking yourself, what is Cinephobe? I mean, would you like to fill in the people? Cinephobe is the podcast where Zach and I watch movies that are poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes and try to ascertain. I'll try to well. ascertain? Yes. Okay. Ascertain. Whether or not they're accurately poorly rated, or maybe they didn't get a fair shake. Cinephobe, produced by this guy, Anthony Mays. Hey, that's me. I produced this show. I also watched the movies, even though that wasn't included in the description, and I also ascertain. <laughs> This month is... Wow! Oh, oh, Maze, why do you say that? Supercharge it. (laughs) So that this promo can remain evergreen. I feel like explaining a little bit more. In 60 seconds? I don't know. Maybe I don't bring attention to it. Assuring people like, look, if you listen, you're going to get it. Just give it, give it time. That's a good promo. Just listen to it. Give it time. You'll figure it out. Is this the promo right now? Isn't it? Okay, I think we got it. Cinefo. Wherever you get podcasts. (laughs) The spread of misinformation has fueled our cultural divide and increased our collective anxiety about the future. Tackling misinformation isn't a simple task, but it's important. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that's dismantling new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. On the show, a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic walk into a bar and the bartender says, no, 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 it's not that old joke. They dive deep into current events such as RFK Jr.'s involvement in mainstreaming dangerous anti-vax rhetoric. They crowdsource, research, analyze, and dream up answers to the problem with, get this, proven science as their ultimate guiding light. I highly recommend you check out Conspirituality's fascinating episodes on creating comedy in the MAGAverse with Jordan Klepper or RFK Jr. flirting with body fascism. And you've listened to a bunch of them at this point, Paul, I know, and you tell me you love it. I I do. They're they're fascinating. And my favorite part is they use, wait for it, proven science. Science? And if, if there's any kids listening, that's a class we used to take. Proven science as their ultimate guiding light. I love that. From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed about misinformation and help you resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, house band Harry Terrell. So, Paula Poundstone, it's time for that thing that we do. Oh, boy. You know what thing I'm talking about, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's the thing <laughs> where we review a movie um, that is somehow related to a movie that's in theaters right now so that our listeners can decide whether to go to the theater and see said Wait, movie. Wait, Adam. Adam. Yes? I have a theme song. I thought I'd, I made up a theme song for this. Oh, Wow. I don't want to get in your guys' way, but I have a theme song. Oh, don't worry about that. Oh, you won't be in our way, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Give Give this a try and see if you like it. Okay, here we go. We didn't see the movie, but we have a review. No, wait, let me try this. Okay. Oh, that was brilliant. No, wait, I, I have it. No, I just, you know what happens is I forget the music that goes with it. I write down the lyric. Okay, here we go. Here we go. We didn't see the movie, but we'll give it a review. Yeah. That's it? <laughs> that really sounds wow. You know what? You might want to put on the whiteboard, finish writing the movie review theme song. Yeah, that might be a... 
kind of a useful little thing for you. Yeah, maybe while the dogs are getting trimmed, you could just sit out in the lobby and work on the song. <laughs> Unbelievable, Bonnie. I mean, that is a that is a great start on a theme song. Adam Fellow. I don't believe that that is a, a, a theme song. It was just one line. <laughs> well, it's true, Ms. Culpepper. It was, a, it was an un- unconventional theme song, but I think we can all agree that it, you know, there's no set length for, for a theme song. Well, I, I don't get, I, lucky for her, because that is not a, a law. There was one line. That's all there was to it, <laughs> one line. We, and she said she forgot the music. How do you forget the music to something that's one line? <laughs> it's a it's a skill. I'll tell you what, Mrs. Culpepper. Why don't you offer a potential theme song to our to this? We didn't see the movie, but we're reviewing it anyway. <laughs> okay, now I, not to put too fine a point on it, but um. That sounded a lot like Bonnie's theme song, Mrs. Culpepper. It was different. It was, uh, uh, what do they call that when one artist takes another artist? Uh, plagiarism. Uh, no, no, when they include their, their work. There's a thing now where somebody records a song and they use somebody else's uh, song within it. Uh, no. Yeah, that, that's plagiarism. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, I believe that's. It's stealing. Yeah, something like that. Yes, why, yes, something like that. We didn't see the movie, but we're reviewing it anyway. <laughs> you know what? I take it back, Bonnie. That's a catchy song. <laughs> well, whoever stole it from whoever, let me just say, it wasn't worth it, the crime. <laughs> but, Ow! But now we have t- two versions of the theme song. Oh, come on, Bonnie. I worked harder constructing that sentence than you did on that theme song. No. Uh, Bonnie, are you going to insist that you worked hard on that song? I wouldn't do that if I was you. That's. (laughs) It just came to my mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hey, so Paula, let's get to this actual thing because um, right now, the biggest movie in the United States, in the world, is F9, the ninth installment, depending on how you're counting it, of the Fast and Furious franchise. Um, and yeah. in, and uh, in fact, to date, it has made more than half a billion dollars oh worldwide. $591 million. It's well on its way to hitting the billion mark. Um, and uh, in order to, to review it without having to actually see it, we, we went ahead and watched, you and me watched Fast Five which a lot of people think is the real franchise-launching movie because it's the one that shifted the focus of the movie from cars and street racing to heists and action thriller stuff. Oh. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> it is the truth. All right, so um, I'm going to give our little um, capsule summary of the movie, and then uh, we can launch into the review. Does that sound like a good thing, Paula? Perfect. All right, here we go. Dom Toretto is on a bus being transported to federal prison when his sister and her boyfriend, Brian, perform a daring rescue by ramming the bus at high speed and sending it tumbling off the highway and hoping that Dom lives. Is that smart? Shut up, it works. They flee to Rio de Janeiro, where they immediately get into another thrilling action sequence, this one involving stealing cars from a fast-moving train. Dom and Brian plummet off a 200-foot cliff, but manage to jump out of their car windows and plunge into the river below. Shut up, they're fine. But they get captured by the bad guy and chained to the ceiling, but they manage to escape by kicking their captor, causing his gun to go off and shoot their chain in half, freeing them. Is that even possible? Yes, because shut up. Next, we learn that Brian has managed to knock up Dom's sister. So Dom lets Brian win a street race because shut up again. Next, federal agent The Rock comes to town to arrest Dom and Brian, but ends up working with them because a microchip that's important because shut up tells them it's necessary to steal the real bad guy's money because you guessed it, shut up. Anyway, they trick the bad guy into putting 90 million bucks in a big safe by setting 10 million other bucks on fire. Shut up, okay? Anyway, the last <laughs> half hour of the movie has Brian and Dom being pursued by bad guys while towing a giant safe behind their two muscle cars because shut up and also fuck you, physics. Anyway, the bad guys lose. <laughs> Dom and his team double-cross the rock and make off with the cash, and our heroes learn that nothing is more important than family and $90 million and shut up. Yeah, that's that was good. That was a good summary. 
That was a very good <laughs> summary. I would add, I think, uh, that Paul Walker, uh, the Brian character, the girlfriend, who's Vin Diesel's sister, is a nondescript woman. She's just nondescript. There's nothing. She's just sort of there. Uh, and Do you mean her personality, her looks, just the whole everything package? About, were there two women? Was there another woman later? There was another woman later. Yeah, because I couldn't tell them apart. It was like two nondescript uh, women. And apparently they took a vote and just said no blondes no matter what. Uh, there was everyone was sort of I don't mean I don't mean racially dark. Everyone was just sort of dark in this in this movie. Uh, I, I thought I thought the Rock's uh, partner, the other cop, was blonde. I don't know. I don't think so. That girl, no, she was she was a brunette. The one, yeah, no, no, they, it was all, no, they had a thing that you know, no blondes, no blondes. There was very, <laughs> and the bus that when they get Vin Diesel off the bus, you know, the prisoner jail bus, uh, th that bus rolls at at least once all the way over. And they have a montage of television news reports all saying, miraculously, no one was hurt. You know what? This is <laughs> bullshit. These characters have an inflated sense of their own worth. They couldn't pull into a 7-Eleven to get a Slurpee without causing millions of dollars in damage and paralyzing <laughs> many bystanders. They just have no... I did see them wearing seatbelts, I think, and I do like that. Um, uh, they, they did wear seatbelts, but um, they don't signal. You're right. That that and right off the bat in that movie, you're 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 plunged into how dumb it's going to be because you know that you see them pulling up and they're coordinating and they're on their communicators and they have this plan to liberate um, Vin Diesel from from the federal prison bus and their plan is just to ram it as hard as they can and knock it over a thousand times and hope that that he's okay. But there was no planning. <laughs> Isn't the first thing you see is Vin Diesel on the bus? And then these yeah. cars. Yeah, there was no. How far do you think into the movie it was when they rammed the bus? Oh, I, I think I think you're less than five minutes in. Okay, because from that point on, I didn't understand a fucking thing. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> the only thing I'm sure about is that somewhere in Vin Diesel's contract, it says Mr. Diesel will not be required to memorize lines and will require the services of a dialogue coach, which I think is great because it got Sylvester Stallone some work. Um, yeah, there was a lot I could not. I couldn't understand. Almost all the scenes were in dimly lit places, which makes sense because they were on the lamb. Unfortunately. All of the characters looked the same. They all had guns and they all punched each other. Um, and alliances <laughs> were fluid. In, in one scene, two guys were enemies. And then in the next scene, they were hugging. I, my guess is it's because they couldn't tell each other apart either. Um, there, at, at one point, I, I think my favorite line in the entire thing, which if, if you had to boil the whole movie down to one line, it would be this. A dark-haired, sweaty character, and by the way, that, that doesn't narrow it down at all. A dark-haired, sweaty <laughs> character asks Paul Walker, how's it feel to be on the other side of a wanted poster? Which makes no sense <laughs> under any circumstances. Why? To be on the other side of a wanted poster? The fuck does that mean? <clears throat> he means being the one on the wanted poster. Well, I understand, but that's not the other side of the wanted poster. Pa Paula, clearly you've never pulled a wanted poster off a wall and looked at the other side. <laughs> I no, I, I usually I, the usually the picture of the cop who's chasing the person who wants them is on that side. Oh, I had no <laughs> idea. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and Paul Walker in the earlier installments of Fast and Furious one through four, um, although he's not in three, um, is a cop. Oh well, I gathered that somewhere, but I yeah no, I've never pulled a uh, never pulled a wanted poster off the wall because I think that <laughs> oh would, you sh you should yeah I think that would put you right on the other side of the wanted poster. Uh, there was one <laughs> actual suspenseful scene in uh, Fast and Furious Five, and that's what you referred to Which when one? they're they're like strung up. Um, Vin Diesel and uh, Paul Walker are strung up. They're hanging with chains. 
uh, from like a, I don't know, a wall or a ceiling. It looks like a dungeon. And uh, <laughs> it's suspenseful because any intelligent viewer is hoping they'll be killed and the film will be over. Uh, so, that the, <laughs> so that the viewer can go train the dogs. Uh, oh my God. It was, I, I can't even remember how they get out of the chains anymore, but, um, but they do. I went, I went back and watched it twice because I was watching it with a couple of friends and I said, that can't be as stupid as I thought it was. Oh my. And I went back and it was that stupid because the bad guy says, you know, to his henchmen, take care of them. And, 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 and then he leaves saying something like, I leave you to your fate. The door slams. All of a sudden, Vin Diesel, or Paul, one of them, kicks kicks one of the henchmen and kicks them in the gun so that the gun <laughs> shoots the chain uh, that's right above Vin's head, and then they 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 punch the, the the other henchmen, and then they're out of there. The whole sequence takes maybe ten seconds. <laughs> yeah, it's very suspenseful. Um, and then they punch <laughs> some more people. That's where they do some punching, and they return. To, and by the way, Adam, if you had friends who watched that movie with you, you owe them. Uh, <laughs> you, you should be, you should be moving them on weekends and picking them up from the airport for the rest of their fucking lives. That's you owe big time. Uh, so there's more punching. Well, let me say some of the things I liked about the movie because there are some things I liked about it. I thought the action sequences. Uh, some of them were really good and really well shot. If you like seeing somebody rolling a car backwards down a ramp on a fast moving from a fast moving train, which wow. I enjoyed for that moment, that was really well done. I mean, they were stealing these cars from a train, and they they pulled up alongside the train in this other thing, this other vehicle that had a ramp, and they they backed off the ramp with the tr- from a train that was going like you know 100 miles an hour. It was kind of cool looking. Yeah. Okay. That was fun. Yeah, that was. Um, oh my gosh! When I saw that, I said to myself, "Hope there's more of that." <laughs> and uh, all right, there wasn't much. In, I mean, Vin Diesel does rightfully get made fun of quite a bit yeah. um, because he sounds he sounds like like you know a brain damaged Stallone, yeah, which is quite an accomplishment. I would and, just uh, can I just do and, one and all he quote? does is mutter about how we're family. Yeah. I just want to do one one quote from a particularly moving scene, and uh, this was what uh, Vin Diesel said. And I'm I'm trying to um, embroider it onto a, a sampler uh, to hang uh, on the floor near where I sleep. Um, he said this, and I this is so memorable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that was a good moment. Yeah. I, I, but if you remember when he was in a fight um, and he was mad, he went, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he punched some more. There was a lot of punching. Yeah. There was a lot. For, for a movie where everyone had a gun, there was a tremendous amount of punching. Uh, you know, they would yeah, just be I punching and then they go, the- fuck, I forgot I had a gun. Uh, oh, shit. But no, I'm involved in my punching. There's a lot of punching. Um, yes. And a lot of hard punching. I mean, this this was the movie where they've kind of abandoned the idea of, as I said, physics or physical consequences for the actions. They're just automotive superheroes. Oh, no one, no one had a bruise. No one had a scrape. Yeah. I, I mean, even as a stunt person, you would have more physical damage. Even even as the person who did like the the computer, uh, you know, animation or whatever the fuck it was, would have more injury. Showing from that than these guys did. Um, uh, so they assemble a team for another heist, and Vin Diesel explains to them that they're going to steal a safe, but that there are some logistical difficulties, like Marjorie Taylor Greene isn't working that day to give them the tour of the building or something. And all of the team <laughs> expresses doubt about the plan. And one guy, and whoever wrote this line, man, should get like a bonus. One guy says, this just went from Mission Impossible to Mission in freaking sanity Oh, my God. That's... Yeah. 
<laughs> I felt bad for that writer because you know you could t- you could tell that they, that that writer was thinking like that could become one of those iconic movie lines, and yeah. it just even for the other actors in the scene, it just kind of sat there. It, no, it <laughs> like, was it like was, they didn't cut away. They didn't Morgan, cut away from the scene fast enough. It was Morgan Freeman's <laughs> hope speech from uh, Shawshank. It was so beautiful. This just went from Mission Impossible to Mission in freaking sanity. So they all express reservations, and yet seconds later, they're all in. Another guy says, we won't have to parallel park, will we? I can make my car jump a bridge, but if I had to parallel park, I couldn't pass a driver's (laughs) test. And then he says, I'm in. And then another guy, another guy says, Vin Diesel, can we turn up the lights in here? And can we get some name tags? I can barely see anyone, and we all look alike. And then he says, I'm in. And then another guy said, the the car that got stolen from me is a stick shift. I can't drive a stick shift. I don't know why anybody would drive a stick shift. It's not like there's not enough to do while you're driving. I've heard people say it gives them more control. Guess what? If you're driving, you're not in control because assholes like us are out there racing, crashing into shit, and killing people. And then he says, I'm in. Yeah, they were all, no matter. Yeah, that's uh, no matter not the, how I remember it. but no, no, it's exactly what, no matter the passion of their objections, seconds later, I'm in. Uh, and you know yeah, what? Yeah, well, it was a lot of money and, and their family. I mean, that's a, the cliche that people always laugh about is that whenever you can um, actually uh, decipher a word that Vin Diesel has said, it is family. Yeah. Yeah. Throughout, throughout all the Fast and Furious movies. Well, yeah. who's who's the Republican? Is it Gohmert? Who's the guy whose whole family has come out and said, don't vote for him? <laughs> oh, no. I don't think that's Gohmert, is it? I think it's no, somebody it, in Arizona. No, maybe it's the other guy. You might be right. Uh, I can't remember. But anyways, don't count on this family thing. All right, so Dwayne Johnson and Vin Diesel, by the way, must both have required teams of people to spritz them with water to keep their bicep shiny. Uh, because that oh, was yeah. Very a spritzy. critical part. I could just hear the direct cut. Vin Diesel's arms are dry. I'm trying to make a movie here, people. <laughs> Bicep team, get in there. Yeah, there's a lot of shiny biceps. Uh, you, you know, famously, around the time they made this movie, or maybe it was the next one, those two started feuding because The Rock uh, questioned Vin Diesel's work ethic. And to be fair... They in some of the movies it's hard to tell them apart because they're both muscly bald guys. But yes! Fast Five, um, The Rock not only has facial hair, but he's in visibly better shape than Vin Diesel because Vin Diesel is starting to look kind of mushy. Uh, well, they you can't even they couldn't tell one another apart. At one point, <laughs> Dwayne Johnson punched himself. That's. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there was a there's this scene where they have a big fight and, <laughs> and uh, like a big rolling around punching each other fight, and Vin Diesel would say like, "Huh, huh, I have you in a headlock, Dwayne Johnson," and then Dwayne Johnson would go, "Huh, huh, I have you in a headlock, Vin Diesel." It was brilliant. Um, and I don't know if I'm right about this, Adam. You probably know more about the movie than I do. I believe those lines were improvised. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be willing to believe almost everything Vin Diesel said was improvised. Um, I, I, I think the I still think The Rock is a very very watchable movie star. That's something else I'd say about the uh, about the movie. He's um, he's not bad. He has nothing to do and he has no good lines, but he's good at what he does. You know, here's the problem with that argument. It's a piece of shit movie. <laughs> <laughs> And there's not a point to watching it nor doing it. Now, I'm lucky because I watched it on DVD. And so fortunately, there is a support number uh, that you can call on the back of the box. (laughs) So I was able to talk to someone who could validate my feelings. Uh, It was a guy named Joel. Uh, He said, I hear you. It is. It's a piece of shit movie. Do you have anyone you can stay with tonight? And that was helpful. Um, I am going I am going to forge ahead and continue to say things I thought were good about the movie. You're going to disagree with this one, but I liked the lighting and the cinematography. I oh, feel like that no, director I think it was great name, uh, because you uh, you couldn't identify any of the characters and um well, I I could. You could? Bullshit. Uh, maybe you should have turned your TV on. 
Um, in any in any case, yeah, the director Justin Lin, uh, he, you know, he got, he's kind of famous for those, you know, really high contrast areas of uh, bright, colorful lights and dark. Like that, that's it's kind of a stylish thing. Everybody looks like they're in a discotheque at all times. <laughs> um, wait, did he do that uh, Dwayne Johnson movie with My Little Pony? Was that his? That was him. Yeah, because it was bright and then it was dark. Yeah, like Lisa. Um, <laughs> that wasn't him. Okay, there was one scene I did like. Do you want to hear about the scene I liked? Uh, yes, absolutely. Because I want to get on the positive train with you, Adam. My favorite scene <laughs> was when Paul Walker and the nondescript woman who is pregnant uh, talk. Uh, and he says to her, you ever wonder why we're here? How many how many people do you think we've killed on the road? Do you ever do you ever wonder why we're considered good drivers if we do that much damage? Do you ever wonder what kind of a world our child will grow up in? What if on his first day of school we drive the way we do and wipe out his entire class? I thought I thought that was moving. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think it would have been had I seen that part. You must have been watching the extended, the director's cut, because um, I don't particularly remember that. No, Paul was watching the original film, and I just want to say, Adam Felber, that was the worst thing I ever sat through. I, I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm happy for Captain Culpepper that he was deceased before such a damnable <laughs> film came out. It made Predator look like oh, Shakespeare. Well, oh. Adam Feldman, wow. you that's, should be a, a, ashamed of yourself for making Paula Poundstone watch such a film. Well, I'm just trying to get, you know, get Paula into the cultural dialogue. I mean, this is a movie that um, made $626 million at the box office. Money isn't everything, Adam Felber. A lot of people love this movie, Mrs. Culpepper, and I think we should attempt to figure out why. Well, this, you know what? The fact that a lot of people love this movie could be a part of what the problem is. <laughs> You're not wrong, and I'm sorry that I'm sorry that your husband didn't uh, live to see it, though. I mean, because uh, you know you must miss him. Maybe you were affected by this movie and and all the car violence because your 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 husband died in some kind of car crash, right, or something like that. No, no, no. In fact, he did not die in a car crash, uh, uh, Captain Culpepper. Uh, did not die in a car, uh, a car crash, no. Oh, he didn't? No, no, of co uh, course not. Uh, oh. He, he died from the taro uh, to toxism, which is the poisoning uh, from a cheese or other dairy product. Well, I don't know. I, I didn't see any dairy products, particularly cheese, in this movie. I don't know why it upset no, you. It wasn't in the <laughs> film. He died many, many years ago uh, at a wine and cheese tasting event. Uh, oh. Some bad cheddar, huh? No, in fact, Adam Felber was the good of the goddam. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, I was up, up all night talking to Joel from the support line on the back of the DVD box. <laughs> well, Mrs. Culpepper, I'm, I'm sorry you didn't enjoy it either. Um, but I'm going to I'm going to doggedly bring out one other thing that I thought was good about this. There's movie. nothing good about this film. What more can I tell you? <laughs> well, Paula and Mrs. Culpepper, um, I thought the final scene, the giant stupid chase where Vin Diesel and Paul Walker are towing that safe. Yeah, I thought that was absolutely absurd and really kind of fun. As, as action set pieces go, that was well-directed. The effects were good. It all looked real. It looked like they were... And, and, and the weird dynamics of trying to tow a giant safe between two muscle cars was, I thought, very entertaining. They never once used their turn signals. And <laughs> True. I, I find it really hard to believe that they could drive all that time and do what they were doing, and no light came on the dash ever saying, you know, uh, <laughs> ser service required. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it was, yeah. it was bad. I'm telling you, listeners, it's bad. Uh, and uh, it was an ivory merchant film, wasn't it, Adam? Merchant ivory, yeah. Yeah, it was. Is it Merchant Ivory? The Merchant Ivory. Uh, that, that's why they all had um, uh, butlers. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I can't think of the name of the actor now that used to be in all those. Oh, uh, Helena Bonham Carter was excellent in this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We need to jump from the cliff now. Um, All right. Well, you know, this is going to be a big mystery, everybody. But coming up, we're going to tell you how we feel about this movie. (laughs) You, the jury, have heard our case. When we come back, you'll get to hear our verdict, which doesn't quite track as a metaphor, does it? Oh, well, it's still more carefully written than the movie we just watched. We will render our fast and furious decision when we come back. Hmm. The Cat of the Week is Felix from Eureka, California. And we're back. And boy, Paula, this has been a roller coaster ride of a show. Um, I didn't have uh, Paula hating this movie quite that much on my whiteboard. So, uh, <laughs> audience members, uh, nobody's must be on the edge of their seat to know yes. how I feel about this film. It's time for the review verdict. Movie review, movie review. Based on not watching the movie, we're going to tell you what we think. Should you go see it? Our movie review. You know, you might have said we're going to tell you what to do, and that could have rhymed. (laughs) What was off the top of my head? It was off the top of your head? You're kidding. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> How do you do it? That's what I want to know. Uh, all right, Paula. We've Now that we've been set up with that theme song, based on your viewing of Fast Five, should our listeners go out and see F9 in the theaters? The only possible reason that you should go see F9 in the theater is if you've been given the choice of two things, driving a rusty nail through the bottom of your foot or (laughs) seeing Fast and Furious 9, in which case... (sighs) (laughs) I would say... You know, you can get a tetanus shot and use a Band-Aid. I'd say don't see it under any circumstances. (laughs) and i say if for some reason you enjoyed any of the other fast and furious movies you've already seen f9 (laughs) so my opinion my opinion isn't worth shit anyway but i I would say no don't go see it all right well that was fun hey nobodies if you have questions or comments or just want to bitch about our movie reviews send that to nobody listens to paula poundstone at gmail.com maybe you have some advice for how to refinish a dry sink paula what's going on in your poundstone product empire this week Adam, at Poundstone Industries, also known as Lipstick Nancy Incorporated, we choose our employees, or cast members as we call them, from a highly (laughs) educated pool of motivated prospects. Call it five bucks. I can't make change. Um, Which ensures a delightfully warm customer experience. My remarkably soft tri-poly blend t-shirt with a self-portrait on the left breast and a memorable quote on the back, which comes in both standard and baseball styles, is available at the store at paulapoundstone.com, which is my website. On September 11th, I'll be in Buffalo, New York at Asbury Hall. On September 17th, I'll be in Atlanta, Georgia at the Buckhead Theater. And on September 30th, I'll be in Austin, Texas at the Paramount Theater. Get vaccinated so we can all be together. Um, You can go on my website, paulapoundstone.com. Click on the tour tab and uh, access um, purchasing tickets. There's more, of course... But Heidi. Oh, Heidi. Um, and I want to remind everybody, check us out on the social medias and there on our on the Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone Facebook page or on my Twitter account. You can find a link to pre-order my upcoming book, Confessions of a Puppet Master. I just got the galley proofs today and it looks fantastic uh, with Char- Charles Band by Charles Band and Adam Felber. And it is a crazy ride of a uh, Hollywood memoir. If you have uh, any love for 
if you have more love for movies that can be a little schlocky than Paula Poundstone does, you will love this book. <laughs> All right, subscribe to the podcast. It's free. You get one every week at no charge and maybe drop by Apple Podcasts and say something nice in a review. If there's a subject or topic you'd like to know about, tell us at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. That's our show. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Felber. Thanks to house band Harry Terrell. Yay! Check out his music at harryterrellmusic.com. Our show is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezevnik, Tony Anita Hull, and Tyler Burke. Yay! <laughs> Intern is Carly Patron. Yay! Starburns production by Yay! Land Romo and Kyle McGraw. Yay! Transcription Ooh. services for the show provided by Transcribe Me a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service. There must uh, be a reason why I wasn't mentioned at all in the thank yous at the end of the show. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Nondescript girl, come here. Family. Make it a punching sound. Oh, I'm punching me. I'm punching Vin Diesel. Now I'm punching Dwayne Johnson. You are Vin Diesel. Oh, fuck, I just punched myself. Could somebody put the lights on? Scarpins Avenue, a podcast network.